Loving Father in heaven, glory, praise, honor, and adoration be unto your name for your goodness, for your mercies, for your love and kindness. We thank you, Father, for protection and guidance, for good health, for the food we eat, the water we drink, the air we breathe. We are grateful to you for the watch care you provide for us and the security you give to us. Glory be unto your name, O Lord. Thank you, Lord, for forgiveness of sins. Thank you for your mercies which endure forever. This morning we ask that as we go through your word, you grant to us understanding, grant to us more energy to continue to walk in the narrow way. Speak to our hearts, O Lord, and consecrate us to your service. May all who listen to the things we will say also be blessed by the things they will hear. Grant to every one of us the gift of your spirit. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling February 26 The Girdle of Gladness Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. Psalm chapter 30 verse 11 Many who are seeking for happiness will be disappointed in their hopes because they seek it amiss. True happiness is not to be found in selfish gratification but in the path of duty. God desires man to be happy and for this reason he gave him the precepts of his law that in obeying these he might have joy at home and abroad. While he stands in his moral integrity, true to principle, having the control of all his powers, he cannot be miserable. With its tendrils entwined about God, the soul will flourish amid unbelief and depravity. But many who are constantly looking forward for happiness fail to receive it because by neglecting to discharge the little duties and observe the little courtesies of life, they violate the principles upon which happiness depends. The currents of spiritual life must not become stagnant. The water of the living fountain should be in us a well of water springing up into everlasting life and sweeping away the selfishness of the natural heart. Many build up barriers between themselves and Jesus so that his love cannot flow into their hearts. And then they complain that they do not see the Son of Righteousness. Let them forget self and live for Jesus, and the light of heaven will bring gladness to their souls. The fact that Jesus died to bring happiness and heaven within our reach should be a theme for constant gratitude. The beauty spread before us in God's created works as an expression of his love should bring gladness to our hearts. We open to ourselves the floodgates of woe or joy. If we permit our thoughts, 
to be engrossed with the troubles and trifles of earth, our hearts will be filled with unbelief, gloom, and foreboding. If we set our affections on things above, the voice of Jesus will speak peace to our souls. Murmurings will cease. Vexing thoughts will be lost in praise to our Redeemer. Those who dwell upon God's great mercies and are not unmindful of His lesser gifts will put on the girdle of gladness and make melody in their hearts to the Lord. Amen. The title of our devotion is The Girdle of Gladness. This topic is lifted from the key text which is Psalms 30 verse 11 which says, Thou hast turned from for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. And it is from here that the title of the devotion is gotten the girdle of gladness. What is a girdle? A girdle is something used to encompass another thing, like a belt, something that goes around you. To girdle something means to encompass that thing, to surround it with one thing or the other. So if God and uh, God girdles us with gladness, if he does that, what does he use to do that? That's what we want to know today. What is it that God gives to man that encompasses him with joy and gladness? What is the source of happiness for man? I'll start by saying today one of the most, uh, one of the popular thinking that we have is that the girdle of gladness is marriage. Many people feel like marriage is the happiness drug. Are you unhappy? Get married. Are you sad? Get married. Are you depressed? Get married and you'll be happy. And that's because of the way it has been portrayed in the soap operas and the movies. But is it that marriage does not give happiness? Yes, it does. It ought to give happiness. It's a place to find happiness indeed. But if we do not understand what the girdle of gladness is, and use that in the marriage, the marriage will not be a place of happiness. Today, the rates of divorce are increasing. I heard just yesterday that in, in courts in Abuja, there have been people filing for divorce in an alarming rate. It's getting off the roof now, unlike before here in Nigeria. And of course, in the U.S., we hear that one in two marriages will end up in divorce. That's the first marriages and the second one are even worse. What is the girdle of gladness then? People are seeking for happiness in so many things. Many seek for happiness in degrees. They feel like, oh, just when I get this degree, I'll be happy. But right after getting it, yeah, happiness is short-lived and then they need something else to get them happy. For some, it's sports. They choose a team, become a fan of that team. And every time their team wins, they are happy, but it's short-lived. They have to win again and win again and win again. But then it's always short-lived. 
and then for others it's to feel like oh like i said maybe once i get married or then after getting married once i have children and once i have children i build this house and many people are drawing the source of their happiness from earthly things what we have to understand is happiness drawn from earthly sources is as changeable as varying circumstances make them in other words the happiness we draw from earthly sources from anything on this earth as far as the things of this earth are temporary that's how our happiness will be temporary but when we draw our source of happiness and our girdle of gladness comes from the Lord then our joy will last forevermore even now and here on this earth so what is the girdle of gladness the girdle of gladness that which God has given to man to make him happy is two things duty and contentment and let us look at the first one duty from what we read here it says God desires man to be happy and for this reason he gave him the precepts of his law that in obeying these he might have joy at home and abroad the precepts of the law is what gives us happiness at home that is in the marriage as a child, as a father, as a mother, anyone, and abroad. And what is this precept of the law? If you look at it, it tells you not your duty to yourself, but your duty to others and to God. It's not about you. It is duty to others. And in performing this duty to others, that is where you derive your greatest happiness. Happiness is derived in service to others. That is where we get happiness from. If we are thinking of self and self alone, I want to have this, I want to have that, I want to get this and that, we will never be happy. But when we are thinking of giving and putting a smile on the face of others and helping and relieving others of their own life troubles, you find out that you will get happiness yourself doesn't the bible talk about that in the book of isaiah 58 in the book of isaiah 58 god was speaking to his people and speaking to us says that when we are praying to him fasting we go about in sackcloth and ashes deny ourselves food and do so many things that are in his eyes so unnecessary and then he addresses us to tell us how to find happiness he says is not this the fast I have chosen? Reading Isaiah 58 from verse 6. To lose the bands of wickedness. That is service to someone else. To help someone lose the bands of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. And to let the oppressed go free. And that ye break every yoke. He says, is this not the kind of fast I have chosen? We'll see the result of when we do all these things. First of all, lose the bands of wickedness. And they stop being wicked to other people. Stop being mean to people. Then another way, to undo heavy burdens. Stop giving people things to do that you know are beyond their capacities and are unjust. Let me just put it that way. Injustice. Being oppressing people. And then it says, let the oppressed go free. Stop oppressing people. And you break every yoke. He goes on in verse 7 to say, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? giving to people that are hungry and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house 
when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Look at the result of this now, verse 8. The girdle of gladness will come to you now. If you do all these things, he says in verse 8, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy re-reward. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity, and if thou draw out thyself to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness shall be as the noonday, and the Lord shall guide thee continually, and satisfy thy soul in drought, and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Amen. Here, God is telling us, if we do these things, which is our duty to our fellow men, all those things that we read now, undoing the heavy burden, do not uh, let the oppressed go free, deal thy bread to the hungry, uh, break up the bounds of wickedness, break every yoke, is all summarized in the last six commandments, which says, Honor thy father and thy mother, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not bear false witness, don't commit adultery, don't steal, and do not covet. All what we read now is summarized in these six commandments to our fellow men. And then our duty to God is also there. In keeping to these laws, you will find happiness in the home and happiness out of the home. We read here, it says, But many who are constantly looking forward for happiness fail to receive it because by neglecting to discharge their little duties and observe the little courtesies of life, they violate the principles upon which happiness depends. Your happiness is dependent on you keeping up to these little duties and little courtesies of life. When you see someone you greet, speak kindly to people and respond kindly to. Do not let yourself be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That someone is being, uh, being mean to you shouldn't make you respond in a mean manner to the person. Your happiness is dependent on you performing the little duty of courtesy in the home. Why is it that there is no happiness in the home? It comes from little things. Oh, she said this to me. He said that to me. You did not do this. You did not do that. People are always thinking of themselves. Instead of thinking of what they can do for others, we are always thinking of what people should do for us. If we are thinking more of our duty to our fellow men, not about our fellow men's duty to us, then we will see that we would have happiness. Happiness is not found in people serving, yours, serving us or serving you. Happiness is rather found in you serving others. Look at the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It was a life of constant service from beginning to end. Who would we say now, although yes, he did receive help from people, but what really would we say can compare to what he was giving to others and what others were giving to him? You can't compare it. What others were giving to him and what he was giving to others is inestimable when you compare the two. His was far greater. His service to man cannot be quantified. And that is the source of Christ's own happiness. And if you must have happiness and joy, you must understand that it is in performing your duty 
to man and your duty to God that you will find happiness. It is not found by people serving you. Jesus said in the book of Luke chapter 12, I think reading from verse 13, he says, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Many of us think that our happiness, okay, yeah, reading Luke 12, reading from verse 13 down, it's actually in verse 15 that he mentioned that. So, people think that their happiness is derived from the accumulation of wealth or accumulation of property or accumulation of material possessions. And here it is that this man came in the book of Luke 12, 13 to tell Jesus, please tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. And Jesus said to him, man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? You see, many of us are like this man. We think it's our rightful position to have this or have that. And we neglect the good things that God gives to us. And I'm going to the next source of happiness, which is the first thing is service, doing your duty to God and to your fellow man. And I'm entering the second one now, which is contentment. Here it is that this man comes to meet Jesus and asks him this question. And is trying to tell him, tell my brother to share the inheritance, which he thinks is rightfully his. Share, tell my brother to share it with me and look at Jesus' response in verse 14. He says to him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? Many of us are like this man. We think we deserve this and deserve that. It is rightfully mine. I'm supposed to have gotten an increase or a raise by now. This, is, this ought to be mine, this land. I'm, I, by now, I'm supposed to have this. I'm supposed to reward myself with this or that. I'm supposed to have built a house by now. I'm supposed to have bought a car by now. And we think that we do these things to make ourselves happier. Yes, I've gotten this car, I've gotten this or that, and we feel like this is where happiness comes from. But this man was not happy because something that he thought was rightfully his was not being given to him. But look at Jesus' response to him. And it's the same response he may give to many of us today. We may pray to Jesus, Jesus, this thing is rightfully mine. Please tell them to give it to me. And Jesus will tell you, Luke 12 verse 15. Take heed, beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things that he possesseth. Simply put, your life is not quantified. Your identity is not measured by how much possessions that you have. Your identity is in Christ. You do not identify or raise your shoulders up or make happiness come to you by accumulation of property and wealth because that's what this man was doing jesus later told the parable of the rich fool just after telling this man this statement of covetousness he told him there was a rich fool who had so much and said oh i have so much i'll build a bigger barn and then he planted more and got more and said oh now i've built a bigger barn i have stored my my goods in this bigger barn now let my soul rest and enjoy itself and then jesus he didn't know a proclamation was made in heaven you fool, tonight your life will be required of you. And whose shall all these things be which you have accumulated? Many of us feel like this rich fool that we can, oh, we have accumulated this and that, let me enjoy myself. But you need to be careful. Your life does not consist in how much you own. Godliness with contentment is great gain. That is 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 6. We are told godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. 
and having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he had said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. If you go to verse 6, it says, So that you may be able to say, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Here God is admonishing us, be content as opposed to being covetous. Being covetous means that you are never satisfied. You are selfish. You are always thinking of yourself, how you want this for yourself and that for yourself and how you would, and a covetous person also does not give. You always think of how to retain this and retain that because it's yours and you don't want to give it out and you only want to have more, more, more. That is greed. And the reason you want that is because you're always thinking of yourself and because you think by having these things, I'll be happier. When I get this, I'll be happier. But God is telling you that is not the source of contentment. That is not the source of joy and happiness. Rather, the source of joy and happiness is giving service to others and also being thankful. Service to others and being thankful for how much you have. And that's why in Philippians 4 verse 11, Paul said, Not that I speak in respect of want. That is, I'm not thinking of the things I don't have. No. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Paul says, I am not being covetous. I am not thinking of the things I don't have. Because I have learned that whatsoever state I find myself, I am content. And what does it mean to be content? You can't say you are content and you are not happy. A content person is always happy. He is not looking for anything more. Therefore, he is happy. He is satisfied with what he has. Therefore, he is happy. So when Paul says, in whatsoever state I am dare to be content, yeah, he has learned that. It means he has learned that in whatsoever state he is, he has learned to be thankful and to be grateful to God. We are told that we should give thanks to God in all things. Some of us do not give thanks to God in all things. We give thanks to him only when we get a visa to go abroad. We give thanks to him only when we are recovering from sickness, not when we are well. When we have gotten uh, certificates and all of that but we th- then the reason why we do this is because we value these things above the basic things of life how about thanking god for the air you breathe the air you breathe and the certificate which one is more important which one actually sustains your life the water you drink and the food you eat compared to your material possessions your house and your let me say now your car which indeed is more important is it not the food? Is it not the air? Is it not the water? The good health which the Lord gives to you, the security which he gives to you, the protection and guidance on a daily basis going out and coming in. Compare that with your visa to go abroad. Compare that with your, with your certificates and with the so-called marriage which later on turns very miserable for so many people. Compare these two things and ask yourself, which one should I be more thankful for? We despise the goodness of the Lord too much. And it's in despising this goodness and these little, so-called little things God does for us that we become unhappy. If we become grateful and we estimate these blessings in their true light, you will find out that you will be happy. The fact that Jesus died to bring happiness and heaven within our reach should be a theme for constant gratitude. I read from the devotion the last paragraph. The beauty spread before us in God's created works as an expression of his love should bring gladness to our hearts. We open to ourselves the floodgates of woe or joy. 
If we permit our thoughts to be engrossed with the troubles and trifles of earth, our hearts will be filled with unbelief, gloom and foreboding. And what are these troubles of earth? Oh, what I do not have. What I want to have that I don't have. Oh, I have not gotten a son. I have not gotten a daughter. I have not gotten married. Oh, I have not had this and that. All earthly things that don't actually sustain your life. That you can actually do without. Comparing yourself with your neighbor, with your friend, with your relative. And then thinking of what they have that you don't have. Which is called greed, selfishness and covetousness. That's what you are actually doing. When you are doing these things, that is when you will always not be happy. But if we set our affections on things above, the voice of Jesus will speak peace to our souls. Murmurings will cease. Vexing thoughts will be lost in praise to our Redeemer. Those who dwell upon God's great mercies and are not unmindful of his lesser gifts. What are these lesser gifts that we are unmindful of? It is the things I mentioned before. The air we breathe, the food we drink, the water we drink, the food we eat, the water we drink, the peace we enjoy, the security. You hear of so many bad things happening to people around and many of us have escaped these things. Is it because you are more righteous or more holy or you made better decisions than others? No, it is not. It is of the Lord's mercies. But we neglect these little blessings. This, we are unmindful of these lesser, so-called lesser gifts. They are not actually lesser gifts. They are lesser gifts, of course, in comparison to the death of Jesus for us on the cross of Calvary. But yet, it is, this, it is when we focus our minds on these lesser gifts, on how God has been good to us, that we become happy and thankful. And that's why I say those who dwell upon God's great mercies and are not unmindful of his lesser gifts will put on the girdle of gladness and make melody in their hearts to the Lord. Amen. So, do you want to be happy? Why don't you focus on the lesser gifts? Why don't you become very careful about them and thank the Lord for them? Think about what your life will be without the air, the water, the food and the basic things of this life. And what will life be without the hope of eternal life? that came to us through the death of Jesus Christ. Think of these things and be happy and don't worry yourself about what you don't have. Think more about what you can give to others and not what others can give to you. May the Lord bless us as we do that in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll read a quote from the book Desire of Ages, page 330, paragraph 1. And it reads, there are many whose hearts are aching under a load of care because they seek to reach the world standard. They have chosen its service, accepted its perplexities, adopted its customs. Thus, their character is mad and their life made a weariness. In order to gratify ambition and worldly desires, they wound the conscience and bring upon themselves an additional burden of remorse. The continual worry is wearing out the life forces. Our Lord desires them to lay aside this yoke of bondage. He invites them to accept his yoke. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He bids them seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and his promise is that all things needful to them for this life shall be added 
Worry is blind and cannot discern the future. But Jesus sees the end from the beginning. In every difficulty, he has his way prepared to bring relief. Our Heavenly Father has a thousand ways to provide for us, of which we know nothing. Those who accept this one principle of making the service and honor of God supreme will find perplexities vanish and a plain path before their feet. Amen. So, if God has promised a lot for our happiness, and in fact, with what our brothers have been saying, we see God has a lot of good intentions for us. Like from what we just read, indeed, it is because we want to reach the world standard. Is it because it is because we want to do those things which the world says it is good? And because of that, we leave the path of God, the path of God which is simple. We leave them. I'll give an example to make us understand something. You know, in the book of Exodus, God said something, Exodus 15:26, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Christ gave a promise here, if we hearken to his word and his commandments, he will put none of these diseases which he has put upon the Egyptians. Now we know that a lot, health is very well connected to happiness, even in this world. You know, there are many who are suffering because they've not regarded the principles of God. When, like, if we see people today, some are suffering from cancer, some are suffering from the effects of stroke. If we've hacking to the principle of eating right, these diseases, God will not put them on us. But because we disregard that and follow the word standard, the word standard tells you that it is shawarma that is the best, barbecue is the best, fries are the best. And when we follow them, there's a consequence. And that consequence, even the word which when they feel at that moment is it's pleasurable, when the effect comes, it brings facts, a heavy load of bondage on them. They, they try to resolve it, they, they try to take this, take that, take the drugs and everything, but they know in themselves, even people know that what well, they are tired, they are suffering. It is all because of the simple neglect of God's requirements. So, with, with just a little example of that, God has a lot even that the human mind cannot understand, but if we simply follow him, the things which many of us are suffering today, we will not. If we understand this word, when it takes us through difficulties, we will not think like the worldly. The word people, when they think, they say those who are passing through difficulties, it is either the village people are against them or their life has been cost. The world will think that ah, to, to, to not have money, it means suffering. That is what they think. But when you understand God's principles, you understand that Christ has said that a man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses, 
first you then understand that it is not about having riches when you understand also that difficulties are a way of or are the ways God uses also to purify his children to prepare them to have a heavenly character when you understand that then when difficulties meet you you thank God for it and you ask for God to give you the strength to pass such difficulties because you know that it's God's process of cleansing you so when we have the God's promises so even when things that are not right happens to us it gives us strength it, it, it doesn't give us weariness like the worldly. It doesn't, it, it doesn't give us a hopeless uh, life like the worldly. But it, in fact, it gives us more hope. It, it assures us that what indeed we still have a God who watches us from above. So God wants our happiness and it depends on us. He has given everything that is required for us to live happily. But selfishness may make us not to follow that which he has commanded. So we know it's not easy, but God has also made provision for the strength. And what he first of all needs is we to accept. It's for our will to go in the right direction. So I pray that God helps us to understand that he really wants our happiness. And when we understand that, we will not follow the maxims of this world. But we will follow God even though we be only one in a million. But we will follow him in peace. And indeed at the end, he will give us a reward. Because remember the, the book of Romans said from the Bible, Hebrews 11.6 But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So God will diligently reward us if we live by faith. And we all, I believe we all know what faith is. It's simple. Faith is simply living by God's word every day. When we do that, indeed, there is a reward waiting for us all who will live by every word of God. I pray God helps us to grasp this lesson and to meditate upon it and to see how we can apply it into our daily lives. Amen. The Gedu of Gladness The first paragraph reads Many who are seeking for happiness will be disappointed in their hopes because they seek it and miss. They seek it wrongly. They don't seek happiness through the right source. They don't seek happiness in the appointed way. In that first same paragraph, it reads that, but many who are constantly looking forward for happiness fails to receive it. Not because there is no happiness in serving God, not because there is no happiness in making decisions to live for God. The reason is given that because by neglecting to discharge the little duties and observe the little courtesies of life, they violate the principle upon which happiness depends. Talking more on the neglect to discharge little duties, 
the duties that we may consider little in our eyes. I've heard a testimony of how when a person is sick and when they always look forward to solving problems, helping others out, and not always think about their uh, sickness or their disease, whatever infirmities they may be suffering from, that they recovered so fast because their mind are not dwelling upon the sickness, the disease. They are, they are being helped. They are using things to help them. But the fact is that they try to see what they can do to assist people to relieve others and not be thinking about their own problem. You see that Philippians 4 verse 4 reads, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Bible here admonishes us to rejoice. Um, we should rejoice always in the Lord. In the book Steps of Christ, the last chapter titled Rejoicing in the Lord, there is a strong statement that I always keep in mind that says, if we do represent Christ, we shall make his service appear attractive as it really is. Christians who gather up gloom and sadness to their souls and murmur and complain are given to others a false representation of God and the Christian life. They give the impression that God is not pleased to have his children happy, and in this they bear false witness against our Heavenly Father. This is how far going about with a gloomy face can cause one who will be misrepresenting God because God wants us to be happy as we have seen from the reading. But there are principles that have been laid down if we must be happy that we have to follow day by day in order to find happiness at least the reading also shows to us that if there is nothing that you can think about that you can be happy about you can thank god for the fact that jesus died to bring happiness and heaven within our reach that should be a theme something that should draw gratitude from our heart to God. At least for that one reason, we should be thankful to God, even if we don't have food to eat. The fact that you can still survive without food, as you still see fresh air to breathe, should be happy to God. But most of it all, as the reading says, what can we have done for salvation? Nothing. And Christ has made this available god in the gift of his son has made salvation within our reach and we should be glad we should be happy for this one reason many times it's our own decisions that brings us to that point where we see that ah is god even around me is god even happy with me 
the reading also shows to us that many build up barriers between themselves and Jesus so that his love cannot flow into their hearts and then they complain that they do not see the son of righteousness let them forget self and live for Jesus and the light of heaven will bring gladness to their souls so if you are not experiencing that joy you're supposed to have in the Lord on a daily basis it may be that we have built such a barrier we have made the wrong decisions that we never put God into the council when making the decision that has bring us to such position which we need to review because God is constant he cannot be the one that has led us to such path where in the Christian work we are always sad we are not happy for any reason just like as i read from steps to christ you can see what the result of a christian always being sad like that always carrying gloom all about throughout the christian journey you can think about in your christian work how god has led you in time past events that has happened in your own life of how sometimes some mistakes you make god in it turn it around to still bring about a blessing how he has protected you sometimes from evil those you can remember such kind of things and be grateful to god for such reasons at least one emphasis that i would just like to make is on that point of if not of anything that you have the hope of salvation that you know the lord at least with this period of probation that the knowledge of salvation comes to you and you have accepted the lord it's something that we should be thankful to god for and today's devotion just showing on such principle a brother has talked about um, the law of god how god because he wants us to be happy he gave us those 10 commandment which My brother has spoken of so these are the things that we can do and we will find happiness let's not seek happiness in worldly things when you are paid a salary when you are being promoted in your workplace if only those things or as my brother have mentioned you give birth to a child And that is what makes you happy those things they are momentary but the happiness that comes from god it is lasting always whenever you think of him whenever you contemplate upon his goodness you can always be happy but when we are drawing our happiness from a worldly standpoint we know that those things doesn't last they come and they go so it will be that we are happy one time we are sad another time but when our happiness is coming from an heavenly source we know that we can be glad in the lord always because of the wonderful things that he continues to 
give us he continue to surround us with the knowledge of salvation as i have mentioned is something that should make us glad something that should make us happy all the time i pray that we we'll remember these lessons today as we go about our business in jesus name our loving father in heaven we thank you for the lesson that you have brought to our minds this day forgive us for all the times that we have been discontented forgive us lord for being unhappy and neglecting the lesser gifts that you've given to us forgive us for neglecting all the good things you do for us and murmuring and complaining over that which we do not have as though we deserved them we pray lord that you will constantly remind us to be grateful and to be thankful help us lord to be content with as much as we have help us lord to fulfill our duty and find joy in being of help to others and doing service for others especially in the duty of keeping your commandments i pray lord that today you give us grace that will fulfill all this that we have learned help us lord to find joy in fulfilling these duties you've given to us and in being content with as much as we have give us grace lord to meet the temptations for the day and to overcome them in the spirit of christ help us lord to be proper representatives of you in all we say and do and especially in our thoughts thank you lord for hearing and answering our prayers in jesus name i've prayed Amen.